0: FNR Football Nation Radio.
1: Here comes the money. Oh, they're going to win up with less than 30 seconds to play. Extraordinary change at the new card. What a hit.
0: What a hit. Football Bosses with Marco Zapponi and Tony Piñata on FNR Football Nation Radio.
2: Welcome to the final edition of Football Bosses for this season, Michael Zapponi and Tony Piñato, this year, this calendar year. Tony, welcome. Thanks, Michael. It's... uh could be back. It's going to be a huge show. Uh, Alessandro Del Piero joining us, uh, one of the greatest Italian footballers of all time. He won the World Cup, of course, with Italy, uh, a very successful career at Juventus, one of the, the legends of the Juventus Football Club. And, of course, he spent two seasons in Australia, in the A-League at Sydney FC. It still seems weird to say that, doesn't it? It
3: does. <laughs> you know, um, you know and Five years ago, it you know, came out in uh, September 2012. And, you know, I remember... Uh, you know, Lou, Lou Sticker and I flying over there to talk to him about convincing him to come to, to play in the A League, and um, you know when he, when he arrived uh, here in uh, in Australia, and, and the scenes at the airport were amazing.
2: And uh, well, there was huge interest in in him signing, so much so that I was at Fox Sports News uh, that day. And uh, we we took the press conference live from Italy, and uh, I had to I had to translate it on the spot because it was uh, in Italian. So we're sitting in the studio. I'm not sure if you ever saw this because you were in Italy, and uh, the the majority of the press conference was in Italian, and uh, I'm I'm translating live on air from Italian into English uh, to try and uh, bring across what was happening. But that's how uh, interesting and and, and uh, how excited people were about this announcement. That was amazing, and um, I think that show on 513
3: the Fox Sports Show is probably the highest ever rated um, show Um, so your translation was was pretty good but uh, (laughs) yeah look it's very very surreal I know we keep talking about it but it was uh, really um, I I suppose a a big occasion for the A-League it it was what it was needed at the time the television I remember Ben Buckley was negotiating the, the new TV deal and uh, and you get Alessandro and just a huge interest and wherever we Sydney FC played with him you know Brisbane there was 22,000 was sold out in Adelaide Central Coast uh, was a sellout as well and um, airports around uh, around the country I remember in, in Perth you know, it was hundreds of people stayed after the game. Perth supporters just wanting to... And he was so generous with his time, even at training for uh, photos and signing autographs, etc. So he was a really wonderful ambassador for the game. Um, it was, for him, it was all about the project and what he could uh, do for Australian football. And um, and and he delivered, and um, you know it was, it was was great to get a person of his quality. You in talk football. about
2: that, that was what was needed at the time. I would argue that we need something like that now to inject excitement into the A League. Uh, we're in our thirteenth you know, season. We've got. 10 teams in the competition, Uh, crowds aren't growing, TV audiences aren't growing. Is this what we need? One of the things we need. It's not going to be the solution that solves all of our issues, but I think we need something like this, as well as expansion, to to start injecting some, some more talking points and some broader interest in the competition.
3: Yeah look I think I think I'd like to talk a little bit more about maybe after um we speak with underway. Unfortunately we were meant to have David Gallup on on the show but um he's uh, got a personal matter he's got to take care of so uh uh, we will get David on. Uh, he's not going to uh, sort of uh, shy away, and he's very, you know, if, if you don't know David, he's very um, honest and up, up up front with his um, sort of answers. So uh, uh, unfortunately, we can't get him, but uh, we'll get him early in in, in the new year and um, ask him um, some of these questions as well.
2: All right, it is the interview that uh, you've all been looking forward to here on Football Bosses. Uh, no doubt, our biggest uh, boss to join us after the break, Alessandro Del Piero.
0: FNR Football Nation Radio.
1: Here comes the money! Oh, they're going to win up! With less than 30
0: seconds to play! Extraordinary change! And the new car What a hit! What a hit! Football Bosses with Michael Zapponi and Tony Pinata on FNR Football Nation Radio. Welcome back to the
2: football bosses. Uh, one of the greats of world football joins us uh, on the line now. Uh, Michael Zapponi and Tony Pignata with you here on FNR. Alessandro Del Piero, welcome to the program. Uh, thank you. How are
1: you guys?
2: We're very well, thank you. And uh, we, we thank you for your time. Uh, once again, being very generous with uh, with your time. And uh, firstly, just tell us a little bit about what you're, you're doing these days. I believe you're in Los Angeles at the moment. You, you spend a, a fair bit of time over there? Yes, I'm
1: in LA. I moved here two years ago already, uh, three, oh, sorry. And um, yeah, nothing prepared for Christmas. In a few days, school will finish for uh, my kids, so we we'll go for holiday and uh, and yeah, everything is good. It's not hot like there, but still uh, an amazing day and uh, and uh, period of the year.
3: And um, and how does uh, LA uh, compare to uh, your time in Sydney? <laughs> well,
1: it was. It's different, you know. I I've been living for to play football, so it's, this is the main difference. Um, here I didn't play, and uh, I'm moving for keep going to stay uh, English and try to improve my English. <laughs> so not great, but at least now I think I understand much better. And uh yeah, after Sydney uh with Sydney I opened my mind a little bit more about uh uh what happened outside Italy. So yeah, it was an amazing experience also for that and not only for what happened uh, for us and in that two years.
3: Yeah, no look it was uh, you know, uh it was an amazing time, Alessandro. I remember uh coming to Torino and meeting with you and Dario and Stefano and um, you know, talking for about three or four days non-stop and everyone in Australia getting very excited about you know you coming to play in the A-League and, uh, and I remember when you walked in that door and um, you said uh, let's go, we signed the contract and, uh, and then we had the press conference and you flew into to Sydney and all those fans and uh, you know just goes to show you what you know what you've achieved in the, in, in the world of uh, football, and uh, to get you to play in the A League was was fantastic. And uh, how did you? Um, you know, it, it was tough. It was a tough time. At, um, I remember when you uh, arrived, and you know the team was uh, sort of uh, just getting together, and you came a little bit later. Um, but uh, how did you find your, your your two years in in Sydney playing for Sydney FC, and how did you find the A League? And, um, and and just your thoughts. I mean, I think. Uh, you know, something you can reflect now back. Uh, you know, f- five years on.
1: But well, I spent a, a beautiful time, amazing time there. You know that, and uh, my experience in for what uh, regarding football is was great because uh, yeah, I came later during the year, so I think I have much time the first year to, to to see what's going on but it was good for me to understand the new kind of football and what's going on in very far away from, from Italy, but at the end of the day was was always the same I mean um, preparation of the of the game was a bit different it's very tough physical and tough uh, league from my point of view and uh, with a very good quality and uh, and the fact that uh, uh, I spent also the second year there because uh, yeah I, I found uh, a good situation for, for me, for my family and uh, we enjoy a lot of what's going on there and regarding what happened in Sydney with the Australian football it's, I think it would be great because uh after that the the, the interesting about a bit improved and um I'm so happy that at the end of this year, that year and the second year Australia won the the Asian Cup because it's part of, of the let's say of the of the program, let's say the different improvement and uh, so I'm so happy that I went back to see live what's going on and uh, to be part of that system by the way so I felt uh, really good in that period and I'm so happy that what happened
2: Alessandro we of course uh, we talk a lot about the development of our sport uh, in this country and uh, we we talk about the growth metrics of crowds and television audiences and over the last few years it probably hasn't grown as much as we would have liked Uh, our national team is performing well we are at the World Cup Uh, unfortunately Italy is not so there are some things that are working but but there are many others that are not from your observations what do you think needs to to do to happen to to grow the the A-League we know that 10 teams is not enough we need more teams here but having spent some time here what, what were your initial observations on what Australia needs to do to grow the league of football
1: well for sure uh start uh, with the young teams is very important and uh, i think i'm I'm looking what happened in europe when we start to mix players and coaching with other uh, national uh, nationality it was good because we can learn from them they can learn from us and uh, i think all the european system grows that way Plastic changes of course help a lot and um, uh, what is there a, oh, I believe yeah more more teams could be great because it uh, seems uh, uh, a league close to Europe but not because Europe has to be the perfect system but because I believe that it will be much better for for all the Australian people uh, go much deeper in terms of numbers of, of, of crowd and uh, about crowd, about who will be interested about football. And I, I, I felt and I saw with my eyes how much growth already football there in that two years. And it's not easy to improve day by day but what happened with the national team that you are going to the World Cup again is a great sign from my point of view and on the other side yeah, in Italy we are living a, <laughs> a disaster moment for that because though it's in the World Cup is crazy for us, it's really crazy.
3: Um, Alessandro, you scored 24 goals playing for Sydney FC. Tony that. remembers every one of them. I do. I do. <laughs> I don't forget. Um, which one was your your best goal you scored out of the 24? Well, I the best goal. You know, I'm
1: considering goals like sand, so. Uh, I cannot choose one of them because yeah. I want to
3: have a I'll, I'll tell you which one was my favorite
1: but of course the first one uh, the first one when i when I played there uh, was on the free kick was uh, let's say a symbolic one you know so I uh, was so happy about see the stadium uh, sold out and what I, what was what was uh, exciting uh, around us. And uh, that game, that game was was for sure special because it was uh, after uh, my debut. In Wellington was the first time in Sydney, yeah, so in Australia. But we so, uh, do it with a goal. Was yeah, of course, amazing.
3: Yeah, it was phenomenal, and uh, that game was televised live back to Italy. But for me, Alessandro, the penalty you scored against the Wanderers in uh, the first derby at uh, Parramatta Stadium, twenty thousand sold out. Kovic saved the penalty, and then you smashed it back in, and uh, we won one nil. So that was for me uh, probably my favourite uh, goal you scored, and it's always good when uh, you know when we beat the uh, the Wanderers. <laughs> yeah, definitely the
1: next. A week later but so the atmosphere of the dirty was incredible and the way, you know, win like this the first one was absolutely amazing for sure.
2: We need a coach at the moment, Alessandro. The Socceroos uh, coach, Ence Postacoglu, uh, uh, resigned uh, after getting the team to the World Cup. So we're on a global search. Uh, are you interested in coaching the Socceroos? Or perhaps you might give us some insight into some coaches that have coached in Italy that might be, uh, might be good. Uh, I think someone like Cesare Prandelli would be, would be fantastic for the Socceroos.
1: Well, thank you for thinking about me, (laughs) but uh, let's say that I I don't have the license yet, so I can't (laughs) just make it like this. And uh, for what regarding Italian coaches, uh, we have an amazing school for sure. And uh, Cesare is one of them, and I I believe there's many more uh, that can be good in that position, for sure. Uh, well, I don't know. On few, I don't know what is the uh, thought about the situation. If they are
2: looking for something international. But that uh, yeah, could be a great option for them, yeah. Yeah, I think the, the FFA have, are, are going to look at an international option and uh, I think the lure of coaching at a World Cup uh, will attract a very strong field of candidates. So uh, we'll, see, uh, we'll see what happens in the next few weeks.
3: Yeah, no. It's, um, it'll be uh, amazing, uh, I suppose, to uh,
2: get an international coach. But maybe Alessandro one day could coach uh, maybe. back Just in Australia.
3: Do your pro licenses? Yeah. Are you are you <laughs> are you interested in coaching Alessandro? I know when you left, you were sort of thinking about it. Uh, are you doing your, your coaching licenses at the moment? No, I didn't sort of that way yet. Um, I'm
1: interested because it's very it's a very particular job and is connected with, with football for sure, and it's, it's very interesting from many points of view. And to have that responsibility is, uh, is it's great for uh, from my point of view. But yeah, I I believe that uh, uh, okay. I, I don't uh, I'm not finished yet. Everything that I have to for coaching, but. Is very important study and it's very important to know what's going on and to put not only your, let's say, experience and knowledge, but to, to learn also something that maybe you can find on the book, so you can find it when you talk with uh, other coaches. It's part of the experience now that I'm doing television, and I'm watching the game. Yeah, I see a lot of games in that way. It's uh, it's important as well because I'm seeing what's going on about football from this different perspectives, and uh, increase, of course, my knowledge from my point of view. So I'm happy for the moment. But yeah,
3: how are you? Um... You never know. How are you enjoying? How are you enjoying um, doing the analysis for uh, for Sky on the uh, on on the football? You know, now you're sitting back watching the game, analysing. How do you find that, Alessandro? Uh, you know, it's it's very interesting, you know. It's
1: a different perspective, as I, as I told you, but uh, it's very interesting because uh, with Sky. It's, is amazing from any point of view now with all the cameras you can have a, uh, a lot of details and, uh, and we are looking uh, not only communicating but to analyse the game from, this, from tactical uh, situation technical and talk with the coaches interview them it's, uh, interview the players it's very important to feel what's going on why to make the, some choices and why not and uh, this is part of the experience i believe that uh, is good for everyone and i'm enjoying it. yeah
3: excellent excellent um in australia we're um we do video referee as uh said i do um, we've had a lot of, uh, you know, I suppose angst by the fans over the video referees and not allowing goals or changing uh, decisions about uh, penalties and, and all. how how do you find this video refereeing? I mean, you played in, you know, in an era where the referee whatever he decided was it. There was no video refereeing now. Now it's the new thing what are your thoughts about video referees and do you like it and do you see it continuing
1: uh, we are testing as well because it's the first year for our first month by the way so I believe that technology can help sports and football in this in this way and um, just it's important that you don't lose the feeling of the game. It's a life game, so also a referee can make a mistake. Uh, but if some kind of technology can help you can help you the referees to make a good choice, is uh, even better. even better. It's not easy because you cannot decide everything by TV or by watching what, what happens. Uh, he has to feel also what happens inside the field and and only a referee can do that so I'm half and half at the moment and uh, let's see how it goes Um, but I believe it's important for some part of the stuff that technology came on it's very important that he's there because you know see if, uh, if the ball crossed the line for example if you make it all or not it's important it can change uh, change a World Cup long time ago you remember with England mm. so we can imagine uh, every game that has this kind of attitude
2: speaking of World Cup uh, Alessandro you scored a goal in a, in a semi-final of a World Cup to get Italy to a final of a World Cup which you won we're still in shock All Italians around the world that uh, Italy, the national team, will not be at the World Cup this year. I'm sure the fallout in Italy is massive. I suppose the question we're all asking is, how could it ever happen? And uh, I suppose it's probably best summarised by that last game in that that playoff against Sweden when uh, the, the, the manager went over to Daniele De Rossi to bring him on and, and De Rossi uh, signalled to him, don't bring me on, you need to bring someone on who can score a goal. It, it just seems farcical that it, it got to this point. Can you describe as a, as a champion of the game, as a World Cup winner, an Italian national team player, uh, what your view is on, on all of this and, and how they're going to rebuild Italian football from here?
1: Well, you say the right word at the beginning and we we are still in shock about what happened because workouts for us like uh, having breakfast or eating (laughs) during the day. (laughs) It's not something that you think that you don't have. So I believe that uh, this period there is has to be important and uh, we're coming from uh, it's weird because at the moment our teams, club teams, are doing a great job in strategy in Waffle Cup. So it's opposite what happened with the club and with the national team. But every nation, every country and countries uh, grows in terms of football doing that money so we need to be prepared about that and I believe we can do of course we can do much much better and uh, there is a lot of work to do there's not only one side you know bring more youth guys and grow them much better and teach them better there's uh, a whole system that has to be changed and uh, improve a lot.
2: Do you think there was too much reliance on on the more experienced players, and 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 the manager should have used uh, some of the younger players that are that are playing regularly in in the Serie? A? No, the
1: team was, I think, from my point of view, was good news. Nice. We had a. Experience, great champions. The group, which I think they play a lot of games like this. Plus, young talent. And um, nothing. Is, what is We are still fine We are still finding uh, answer about what is not uh, work and uh, which kind of things we can change. But. At the end of the day, we cannot change nothing about that game, of those games. So, this is the main problem. What we can do is work for the future in a better way. So everybody that are involved in football have to to think about that, and to make uh, their job much much better, and have of course uh, some changes like, yeah the system I mean everybody is involved about the result not only the players or the coaching staff that uh, didn't get it
2: and uh, a selfish question for me as a Juventus uh, fan, I, I watch the games every week and uh, this year the title race in Italy is much tighter than it has been for, for many, many years. Juventus chasing the historic seven in a row. Tony is a, is a Napoli supporter and uh, he's, uh, he's hoping that uh, they can do it this year, but it was a very important win away uh, uh, by Juventus in, in Naples, but still many big challenges to come for Juventus. Do you think they can do it?
1: Yeah, they they can do it. I mean, uh, I don't know if they will do it, but the team is great, the club is great and uh, they are very focused now. They start not perfect, but uh, they changed something this summer, so uh, everything needs to adjust a bit. It's not easy to win a game. Uh, and so, but they have all the quality because the club is strong. They have amazing players and champions and teams inside uh, the team. So uh, they know the quality. It depends on what's going on because uh, the league is long, and uh, you need to be—I don't want to say perfect—but you need to think about it, and uh, it's, it's important how many you continue to continue to accept the results and stay close by uh, the, first, the first teams. Uh, but this year, of course, Napoli has a great chance, Inter as well, and also Roma have a chance because they change a lot, but they, find, they found straight away uh, how to do it, and uh, they play good football. So it's very, very interesting this year Inter.
3: Alessandro, you scored a, a lot of goals over a lot of years. Who was the toughest defender you played on over your uh, your career?
1: Of <laughs> course, <think> there's many, <laughs> stopped me, but uh, uh, I, I, my mind, of course, is is uh, on also because we are a country that. I think a lot of amazing players and probably for sure Maldini, Cannavaro and Nesta are the, the top, are on the top on this list because they are incredible, they were incredible by the way.
3: And in the um, and in the A League, who did you find the hardest to play against?
2: <laughs> he struggled to remember Tony. I reckon. <laughs> well, I, I need to talk
1: with my teammates. <laughs> 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 uh, who uh, was uh, many of them? But, uh, I, was, remember, well, I
3: remember. I remember. Uh,
1: I enjoyed. I mean, I enjoyed the, the time there. Also, when I.
3: Yeah, I remember um, Tia-
1: when I had a, a, a tough way to result because uh, uh, I
3: liked the way that uh, happened. So yeah, yeah. I remember um, the the first game we played against Newcastle. Tiago Calvano it got you a beauty, and um, you scored from that free kick. There was a uh, some some sort of tackle, but I also remember Alessandro. We were talking after. Um, after a couple of games in the A-League, and he said, uh, why does everyone run in the A-League? They just run. They <laughs> don't know what, but they just run. So that goes to show the, the sort of A-League. But I think it has developed a lot um, over the last couple of years, anyhow, with uh, with the players and their the technical ability. And, uh, you know, Alessandro, you you had a big, big play in that, in, um, in putting the Australian A-League on the map globally as well you know when you when you came here and uh, everyone stood up and you know we had all all the Sydney FC games were live into into Italy and now they're you know across a lot of countries so you know it was, it was amazing um, what you did for the for the game and and the project as we spoke about with uh, you know I remember with Lou sticker and, and myself in the first meetings was all about the project and uh you know, I think the the project was uh, a, a very successful project, and uh, you know, achieved a lot. Uh, and we we owe a lot to you for coming here and playing in the A League.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you very much for it. Yeah, it's uh, uh, and as I told you before, time there was great, and I really enjoyed it. And uh, I think for many reasons, it was a great project, and. Uh, when I'm thinking about that, I'm, I'm enjoying, yeah, because uh, I remember also when uh, we came to Italy with CBSC for the first time, you know, 20 days, and it was very friendly days. And uh, of course, uh, after after that, uh, many people were interested about that. So I'm happy to share about, about it from the words.
2: We thank you very much for joining us uh, and uh, being generous with your time. I remember when we, we first met, the first thing Alessandro did when he got off the plane was come into the Fox, uh, st- well, we had a studio set up uh, at the casino in Sydney, and I met Alessandro and I said, uh, we're going to do this interview, and I think Alessandro thought it might be a few minutes. It was half an hour, and I think he was thinking to himself, how am I going to get through half an hour in English? But these days, uh, your English is, is great, and yeah. uh, you're fantastic. Well done. Well <laughs> done.
1: <laughs> yeah, because you know I answer only two questions <laughs> because of my English. It takes <laughs> longer than now I believe. I hope. So yeah, it was funny, but I remember that day. I remember those days with a little bit of smile in my face and I hope that my English is improved.
2: It has indeed.
1: Um, it we,
2: has. And, and, and you leave, up, leave us all with, with a great smile and uh, we welcome you back, uh, of course, to the A-League and uh, to Australia any time.
3: You, you're more than welcome. There's a lot of fans here waiting for you and, and thank you for your time. Uh, I know it's late in, uh, in LA and um, I want to wish you and uh, Sonia and the kids a, a very Merry Christmas and uh, hopefully we can catch up and um, have a glass of wine.
1: Yeah, for sure. Why not? Thank you for inviting me. You. Uh, and uh, I wish all of you at, uh, the fans, Sydney fans, but not, not only Sydney fans, because I have a lot of uh, fans around Australia. Really, but uh, I wish all of them uh, good luck and Merry Christmas and Happy New Year for for everything and best wishes for, for
2: everything. Thanks very much again, uh, Alessandro Del Piero.
0: FNR Football Nation Radio.
2: Here comes the money! Oh, they're going
1: the, with less than 30 seconds to play! Take the floor, Richie! At the new calendar! What a
0: hitch! Watch a hitch! Football Bosses with Marco Zapponi and Tony Pinata on FNR Football Nation Radio.
2: Welcome back to FNR Football Nation Radio. Michael Zapponi and Tony Piñata on the football bosses. Uh, Great to chat to Alessandro Del Piero. Uh, His line was a little bit fuzzy, so we hope you caught most of that. But uh, in L.A. at the moment, spending a lot of time there. Uh, His family settled there. They're going to school. Obviously, the experience they had uh, learning... uh, in Australia was something that they wanted to carry on in another English-speaking uh, country tone. Yeah, it was. I think it was a big factor in uh, his decision to
3: come to Australia, especially for his children to learn English. And um, I know he, he was keen to continue that, and that's why they sort of moved to LA, and they're, they're based in LA, and he
2: flies into Italy uh, to do his uh, TV shows. And you'd imagine living in relative, relatively, and you know. Anonymous lifestyle there more so than he would uh, definitely in Sydney and even more so obviously un- under the uh, microscope that is that is, Italy, you'd imagine he'd be able to walk down the street in LA and not get hassled too much.
3: Yeah, I mean, in Torino, he couldn't walk anywhere. Um, in, in Sydney, he was left alone. People would sort of, uh, you know, stare, and they know who he was. But, uh, you know, Australians are pretty pretty much relaxed. But, uh, you know, I know his time in Italy was... Uh, even when we went for the press conference, there was uh, people everywhere, and uh, he, he needed uh, security uh, to, to get him through. But uh, LA would be probably... Uh, driving through L.A. and the um, you know, Beverly Hills around there and um, you know, enjoying
2: the, uh, the lifestyle for sure. He, sp- he spoke about uh, his views on, on Australian football and uh, I asked him about the, the growth of the game and, and he certainly agreed that you know, expansion is it was crucial to, to growing the game here and learning from other coaches. He, he made the point about o- other coaches coming in and, and, and perhaps our coaches and our players learning from coaches who've uh, played and coached in the top European leagues
3: yeah it's, it it you know we're a young league you know we're we what 12 years and um you know people uh, are saying that uh, you know we should be here or should be there but it it's growing and and you know players are coming in at, at you know I think better levels um, and, and we we're sort of grown as as a nation of football albeit you know we've you know it really started in 1977 with the uh, NSL and uh, to think where we've gone from 77 to now is, is amazing and you know the NSL was a, was a part time league now we, we can have a fully professional league and attract you know sort of quality players um, which can only help the growth and development of our game and that's Seen, you know, we've made now the fourth uh, World Cup in a row, which uh, we we couldn't for for a long, long time. And now for us, it's uh, like Alessandro said, it's like eating breakfast. We expect to be in the World Cup.
2: Yeah, it was a great uh, quote uh, from uh, Del Piero. Let's talk about, uh, you know, his his current status. He's working as a a TV analyst for for Sky in in Italy, and a a lot of former players uh, tend to take that path. And and, uh, I understand he's he's very well uh, respected over there and he's doing a great job. But you just get the sense there's that twinkle in his eye that he wants to get back uh, involved in the game as, as a coach, and uh, he referred to the fact that uh, he'll do he'll he'll go down that path when the time's right. Yeah, he needs to do his um, pro license, um,
3: so I think he's using this as a bit of a sort of a you know weight. Um, you know, his experience in the other side, um, he's analysing the game, he's interviewing players, he's. Seeing different games, different styles, interviewing coaches, um, but my, I, I believe that down the track we'll see Alessandro uh, a coach somewhere.
2: Yeah, and uh, a, a huge name. I'm sure there'll be uh, no shortage uh, of clubs that uh, would uh, would give him that opportunity once uh, once he's done the appropriate uh, apprenticeships. It's fascinating. Uh, speaking of one of his, uh, his coaching and young coaches in that era, Gennaro Gattuso at the moment, who's coaching at uh, at AC Milan. Uh, An interesting choice. I think he's been named as an interim coach um, until they find a longer term replacement, but uh, um, Gattuso certainly had an interesting path uh, to get to where he's got to uh, at the moment at, at AC Milan. Not the conventional path let's just say
3: well he um, you know he, they drew against Benevento when the goalkeeper scored 1-2-2 all one all, two, two. and yeah. um, he said I'd rather be stabbed than um, like that but you know speak of Gennaro Gattuso he was the one who was trying to get Alessandro to Sion when we were battling for his signature Sion was in there uh, very, very close and he was uh, Alessandro was close to signing there as well and that was because Gattuso was playing there and uh, was in his ear so uh, it was good to get um, get his signature Talk
2: to us about that you know you, t- you spoke briefly about the getting his signature and going out, flying uh, over to Turin and, uh, pretty much at, before I mean he would have agreed to say okay let's It's close. Come over, we're going to do the final negotiation here. But at the time, there were media reports all over the world about clubs who were interested in signing him. I think Celtic was linked to him. Liverpool were linked to him. Uh, I think there might have been some clubs in the MLS linked. Sion was linked. So you face all of this. How do you you approach? Yeah, look, you know, we... We ended up flying there, um,
3: and I, I remember, clearly remember saying in, in the video conference that we're only going to fly the thirty hours if this is serious. We're not going to come there just for a for a trip because we don't need the thirty hours. And uh, flying over there with uh, with Lou Sticker, um, we said to ourselves jokingly, if uh, we land at the airport and we landed in uh, Lenato in Milano, if there's a sign saying Lou Sticker Tony Pinata, that means that. It's serious. And sure enough the driver was there with our name and uh we drove to uh Torino and um we got to the hotel it was about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and by 3 o'clock we had a quick change of clothes, shower, and we are in the meetings, and we didn't finish till midnight. And, um, you know, we're hearing all these things about Sion. Sion were very, very close. Um, they were the, the probably the ones that were, at, at the time, favourite. We came in late. We came in very, very late in, into the scene. And um, it was only because Lou had met initially with Alessandro's brother, Stefano. Back in uh, in May in, in Torino and they were respectful um, but they did say look uh, we don't ex- think that Alessandro would be going to, to play in the A-League um, but uh, as the uh, months went on and you hadn't contract um, we jokingly said to, uh, to Lou we'll send Stefan another email see what he says and uh, the rest is history but um, yeah it was, uh, was quite nerve wracking when we're hearing all these other big clubs coming in and especially really late we were in in negotiating when when Liverpool and uh, the Italians are very coy they won't give anything away even if it wasn't true or they weren't interested Um, but I knew he could never play for Liverpool given what had had happened between Juve and and Liverpool but uh, no it uh Anyway, it ended up that we uh, we signed him and uh, beat
2: all those clubs. And a big story not. in Italy as well. I, it was uh, not just a big story here in Australia. It was uh, huge news for uh, the Italian media.
3: It was massive. It was front page of uh, the major newspapers of the sporting newspapers, uh, Corriere. The Gazeta del Sport, um, the Corriere, uh, even the other sort of, uh, you know, Sky TV and the sports. It was just huge. I mean, because, you know, he had been a a Juventus player, okay, played at Padua for a couple of years, but he'd been a Juventus player from day one. And, uh, you know, this was going to be his next contract. And um, actually, a funny story I remember uh, we're signing the contracts and sort of I brought my pen out, I, I gave it to him and they go, no, 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 we signed with a special pen. You know, each, each of his contracts, they brought out a, uh, I think it was a Montegrappa pen, you know, took it out of the box and they signed it I probably have auctioned it off. But, uh, you
2: know, he hasn't signed many contracts and, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was fantastic. Terrific insights, Tony, and uh, great to chat to uh, Alessandro Del Piero. We'll be back with more of the Football Bosses after this short break. FNR. Football
0: Nation Radio. Here comes the money. Oh, they going to win with less than 30 seconds to play. Extraordinary! the change <laughs> and the new calendar. Watch a hit! Watch a hatching. <laughs> Football Bosses with Marco Zapponi and Tony Pinata on FNR Football Nation Radio.
1: Dollar, dollar,
2: Welcome back to the Football Bosses here on FNR. Michael pony Tony Pinata, with you, Tony. We did announce on social media in the lead up to the show that the CEO of the FFA, David Gallup, would be joining us. Unfortunately, he uh, had a, a family emergency, so wasn't able to uh, to join us. But he has assured us that he'll he'll come on when we're back on air uh, early in the new year. And uh, you and I have both dealt with with david uh he's uh he's someone that um will we'll keep his word but he's facing a tough time at the moment isn't he and uh it's a, it's a really interesting period for for the sport and the, the governing side of, of things especially yeah it is i mean you you,
3: know, you saw now that um you know fifa and the afc come in here early next year um to set up a, a sort of a, a committee to to work through and uh with the stakeholders and um, I know there's a bit of angst from the, from the clubs about how it's structured and how that's developing. So that's something, you know, he and the board of the FFA need to uh, sort out. I know the fans are very um, sort of upset at, at the dwindling crowds, uh, the TV, and. It's not all doom and gloom, but there's some issues that need to be addressed. And um, while we have this um, reform issues on on hand, it's very hard for the FFA um, to, to focus on other things, but they need to. I mean, first and foremost, yes, they need that. Bubbling along, but they need to sort out what's happening in the A League because everything hinges, football at the moment hinges on the A League and what's happening. And, uh, you know, fans are complaining about kickoff times, etc. It's not all the FFA. I mean, it, it would be great to get someone from fox sports on michael and you've got the contacts to talk about why we're having these kickoffs at seven fifty-six and uh and those sort of times and uh and 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 that is something that um, you know fans want, want to know because they want to bring their families and kids etc and big Bash has started and you saw the ratings of big bash versus um you know the a league last week where i think the channel one hd and with with a good game. It was a derby, uh, Sydney versus Wanderers, and was only attracted fifty-five thousand. So, there are things that need to be looked at and focused on. And um, yes, I know the reform is one thing, but put that aside. You know, we can't take our eyes off the off the ball,
2: and that that's the A League at the moment. We and, want uh, more uh, you know, eyeballs on the sport. That's, that's a given. The free-to-air component of the TV deals over the last few years have failed so far. Uh, SBS initially put it on their main channel and then uh, relegated it to uh, a secondary channel. And Channel 10 have opted for the secondary channel as well. Surely it's part of the negotiation process. In an ideal scenario, you're on the main channel. And that way people are, are going to stumble across the sport and hopefully once they see the product, they stick.
3: Look, I I love and I watch all games. Um, I struggle to even know what Channel One HD is on, mm. um, and that that says something. So I've got to scroll through etc. And uh, yeah, okay, they've they've put it on One HD and you know big bash started on One HD and they brought over the main channel, but uh, there's no advertising on Channel Ten to promote the games on One HD. Um, and that's that's sort of something that, uh, you know, needs to be looked at. Um, you know, they, they had the Star Wars round. And there was a lot of, you know, social media about Star Wars and uh, the Star Wars round last week. But it, I think it was a commercial deal uh, done with the FFA a, a about but well, it didn't it. bring
2: more people through the gates. No, it didn't. It, didn't. it might have got uh, the league some more... Media coverage, yep. perhaps where it, it traditionally didn't, but mm. uh, ultimately it, it didn't uh, attract more people to the games. But our fans are, are very traditional. Mm. They don't
3: like that sort of gimmicky sort of stuff. They're there. It's football, and, and they believe that what's on the pitch is is, is what should which should go. And uh, these sort of you know Star
2: Wars rounds, etc.
3: Okay, might we're, attract... we're in a
2: very different marketplace here. We, we do are. have to try different things. We're not uh, Italy. We're not England. We're not. Uh, you know, Germany we are a third or fourth sport in in the picking order so a third at the moment in terms of football codes. And, and we need to we need to try to, to promote to the, the people that aren't uh, normally following our game so I, I, I don't disagree with what the FFA did in that regard but they need to do a lot more. Yeah,
3: and, and the clubs need to do more. They need to, you know, look at, at themselves as well and say, well, how much am I spending on, on marketing? Am I promoting the game? You know, or am I leaving everything just for the FFA to do everything? Now, the clubs need to sort of focus and, and lift their, uh, I
2: suppose... Um, I suppose, overall marketing as well. Let's finish uh, on some reflections and perhaps some predictions for, for next year. Very quickly, we've got a minute left. Uh, the highlight of, of this season, Tony, for you, you were the CEO of Sydney FC. That's probably an easy one. Well, of yes. 2017. Yep. Winning the, the grand final. Um, but that's a personal thing. But
3: uh, I think, you know, take take myself away. I think what Sydney have achieved in terms of record points, um, only one defeat. Um, that was an amazing uh, performance.
2: Yeah, for me, it was qualifying for the World Cup. Of course, the, the Socceroos getting there for the fourth consecutive time and uh, I was lucky enough to be there on that night. And uh, again, a special moment for our sport and uh, we need to think, talk more about the positives. Next year, Sydney FC to do it again? No, if, uh, Australia qualified qualify for the round of 16. That's uh, my tip. Oh, well, let's hope you're right and let's hope uh, we, we find a coach who can get us there. Thanks very much for joining us uh, throughout the season. We've uh, really enjoyed it bringing it to you and uh, we promise there'll be plenty more next year. Thanks. Um, yeah, as I said, wish everyone a Merry Christmas and um,
3: thank you for listening. Goodbye for now. <coughs>
0: Football Bosses with Michael Zapponi and Tony Piñata on FNR Football Nation Radio.